Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Some of you are probably familiar with that quote. I have to admit that I was not until just a few weeks or months ago. Uh, it's from a woman named Audrey Lord, um, who I'm still learning about. But I've been struck by the sentiment behind that quote. Um, I think a lot about that I work within a system, and systems tend to produce the results that they're designed for. And I, on my darker days, think, boy, are, are we able to make the difference I want to make from the place that we're in? And at least for today, my answer is still yes. I think we can. But I think it's important to stay laser focused on what you're trying to do and to realize you might be trying to change that system. Um, Now, I continue to reflect, I continue to think, and maybe someday that notion of trying to dismantle the master's house with the master's tools will be too much. Uh, But for today, it got me thinking about something I had put together a short essay back in May at the end of my first year at Minnesota State College Southeast um, about kind of my aspirations for the work that we were doing. And I thought I'd share that today because I think it's important to be aspirational. Uh, I think as we get kind of ground down in the surviving day-to-day of the current circumstances that we have to circle back and remember that we're, we're trying to do something. Uh, So this essay was called, What Are We Trying to Do Here? May 19th marked the end of my first academic year at Minnesota State College Southeast. It was a humbling year in many ways as I hadn't changed jobs in a long time and I had spent the prior 17 years in a different state system. It meant I came to MSC Southeast passionate about what I believe in, ending poverty, knowledgeable about education and I think about people, but completely ignorant on how things worked at my new college and in the new state system I operated in. Oh yeah, and then COVID-19 caused the great evacuation. And I continue to work through that daily as well. You see what I mean by humbling? It was very challenging and continues to be challenging to feel like a novice again in many ways after growing comfortable enough in my old life to feel like I knew how things worked and maybe even how things really worked. But it's been worth it. When I made my pitch to campus to get this job, I said I was looking for a place where we could rally around a common mission and do amazing things. That common mission was a commitment to social mobility through poverty-informed practice and infrastructure. After this first year, I'd like to share what we are trying to do here. Our strategic plan contains the goal of building a poverty-informed infrastructure. We've begun that work with food pantries on both campuses and free transportation in the cities we serve. Both of those things are wonderful, but there is a long way to go. Our pantries are built on a no-barrier model, which warms my heart. But they don't currently include refrigeration, although they will soon, and are stocked by volunteer efforts of students and staff. We continue to build this out, and we will continue to look for local partners to enhance and coordinate our efforts. We also pursued funding to have a coordinator for basic needs on our campus. Part of what we're doing here is acknowledging that students are humans first. Uh, 
trademark credit to Dr. Sarah Golder Graham. And we're working to create the conditions where learning is possible. Learning while you are hungry or unsure where you will sleep is a tall order. Being poverty informed was the reason we made the decision to maintain student access to campus last spring, even after we moved to distance learning. We knew our pantry was indispensable for many of our students, and we knew technology access was not a given as we moved more online. So we left a skeleton crew on campus, used every spacing and cleaning protocol we could, and stayed open to students for support, if not for classes. Now I realize what I'm going to say next might be controversial, but not everyone is safer at home, and not everyone can delay their dream. We did what we had to because parking lot Wi-Fi for people without devices was not a solution we could live with. My partner in student services and I created a two-page manifesto of sorts a while back, and it refers to celebrating and doubling down on serving our underserved populations. Now, in my mind, this is a step beyond regular equity and inclusion work. It is the act of making sure students who have felt left out not only feel welcome on our campus, but feel seen and wanted. Being wanted is so much different than being welcome. Think of it this way. Um, if you're old enough, you'll remember there was a time when we talked about tolerance, as if tolerance was the gold standard of inclusion. You know, on closer examination, it doesn't seem nearly adequate to tolerate differences. I think we're evolving toward a similar shift from saying all students are welcome to creating a culture of being actively wanted. We've paired this mindset of celebrating the students we serve with a commitment to removing the barriers which prevent them from succeeding. This also means actively recruiting students from underserved groups. Our recruitment team is already making us the partner of choice for alternative learning centers. What better group of students to hear our message of not just welcome, but wanted. We of course remain welcoming to all, but we will make sure those who have been left out feel actively wanted. Imagine the transformation of a campus that eats, sleeps, and breathes this mission. This work forces us to be serious about identifying and eliminating barriers, and it definitely means we have to pursue resources to build the supports people need. It's exciting just to say, can you imagine how great it's going to be? We imagine honoring the poverty-informed ideal of acceleration by being a partner to industry in our region in new and exciting ways. We seek partners who also want to make students and their employees feel wanted. Internships, credit for prior learning, and work-based learning are strategies we use to move people to stability and success faster. We also want to establish a culture of pedagogical innovation based on understanding the students we serve and the students we are trying to serve. In a deep culture of caring, we will leave no stone unturned in finding ways to help students succeed. Does a flipped classroom support the students we want? Or maybe competency-based learning or any other number of ideas? We will fearlessly explore, evaluate, and evolve so we too as a college can accelerate to success. We want to build something different. We want to have goals other than just remaining open and available. I've heard so many times that our communities really value us, but they're not exactly sure what we do. 
I think we can define purpose and create identity while changing the world for the people we serve, their families, and the communities we live in. So what are we doing here? I suppose people could call it many things, but to me, it is building a truly poverty-informed campus based on the three principles of poverty-informed practice. First, we recognize basic needs impact persistence and graduation, and we work relentlessly to meet those needs or partner with those who can help us to do so. We will refuse to lose someone because of their resource limitations. The second principle of poverty-informed practice is about creating a sense of belonging on campus. This is working on what our facilities say, how our staff interact, and making sure our students can see people like them represented on campus. This means we must make our staff more representative of the students we are reaching out to as well. It also means we need to look at our facilities, our artwork, our pictures, and our signs. We want to create a place that screams, you belong here. And lastly, we recognize time can be the enemy for these students we want. That's why talk of gap years and the pandemic sat so uneasy in my mind. The longer we ask you to defer a dream, the higher the odds of life intervening and derailing that dream. So we are committed to honoring what people have done and what they know when they arrive. And we're committed to moving them quickly to a place of stability, success, and next steps. That is what we are doing here.